Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. Wow, did I enjoy that. I enjoyed the voices of praise here this morning. Amen, amen. Praise God. I'll gladly stand up as an American. And I am also, yeah, thank you, Brother Philip, for that. And then, oh, I tell you what, my Filipino brother, I love him so much. Yeah, yeah, wow. Praise be to God. Would you stand with me, please? I know uh, that this is... um, probably not the most uh, appropriate sermon for Veterans Day weekend, but um, it is the one that the Lord laid on my heart. And uh, I want you to leave here today knowing that there are two things that sin can do. Now, sin does more than the two things that I'm going to name. But there's two big things I want to make sure you walk away from here knowing. That's what sin can do. The scripture today is from Romans chapter 6 and verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. That you should obey it in the lust thereof. Father God, I'm asking for your divine help. I need you. I desperately need you. I do not want to just preach a bunch of words. I want to deliver a message. A message that I feel like you spoke very plainly to me about. And I pray, dear God, that when we leave here, that people's hearts would be changed. And dear dear God, that we would go and change other people's hearts. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Right at the beginning of this message, I want to do a disclaimer and make sure that the devil does not have a toehold to try to get in to your thinking. I am not attacking the subject of the sinner. I am attacking the subject of sin. All right, there's a big difference in sin and the sinner. I want to also say that you are loved. You're not only loved by me and a host of people here, but you are loved by Almighty God. In fact, the Bible tells us, greater love hath no man than this, and a man would lay down his life for a friend. And Jesus laid down his life for you. I must declare to you today, you are loved. Amen? So let's talk first of all about what is sin. Well, I believe this is one of the best definitions of sin. Sin is a willful, knowledgeable act against God. 
a willful, knowledgeable act against God. Sin is not an accident. All right? You told someone you would be, meet them at 10 o'clock and you got caught in traffic and you didn't get there to 10.03, you weren't lying. That was beyond your scope. Sin is not an accident. Come on now, help me out. There's a lot of folks that they don't even know what they are battling against, so they think, and the devil brings people under condemnation for, for small things. Sin is a willful, knowledgeable act against God, where you know that you are transgressing. Come on. Now, there's a lot of folks that are in sin because they know they should do better, but they do it anyway. The Bible says to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is a sin. So I don't want the devil to play games in your mind because just because a thought enters your mind does not mean that you have sinned. Just because you are tempted does not mean you have sinned. Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Y'all work with me as I bear this foundation here. So the Bible says that Jesus did not sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, but he was tempted in all points like as we are. I just want to tell you the day he drove the money changers out of the temple, I feel confident he was tempted to do more than just drive them out. Amen? And I'm sure day after day, you and I experience situations where if it wasn't for the Lord, we would be in jail. If it wasn't for the Lord, <laughs> I didn't expect that response from y'all. <laughs> Amen. Thank God for a truthful congregation. Amen. Amen. If it wasn't for the Lord, we'd be plastered all over Facebook more than what we are. Because sin wants to reign in your mortal body. Sin wants to control you. Sin wants to do what sin does. Now, I was reading about some deadly toxins and some, uh, those of you who have been in a war zone, and especially in the Vietnam era, you would know that Agent Orange was a horrible uh, uh, chemical. And, and it brought around about numbness and, and tingling and, and also 
can even cause blisters to rise up on your body like you've been burnt and, and then it can cause cancer and there's so many effects of Agent Orange and, and just coming in contact with it can cause problem for the rest of a person's life. I, I read about a frog. Now I don't like picking up frogs, let alone kissing frogs. But there is a particular frog and, and it has a toxin and it's the deadliest toxin known to man. It comes from that frog. And, and, and I just want to tell you those things create havoc. Those things create problems. But sin is worse than that toxin from the frog and sin is worse than Agent Orange and sin is worse than any cancer you could ever get. Sin is something that once it is in you and you're born in it, if it isn't removed from you, it will cause death. It has a hundred percent effect of death on a human being if it's not taken out. Sin was introduced by the devil. I, listen, I would like to take a long time here, but I'm asking you to listen very quickly. See, there's a lot of things that we encounter and we blame Almighty God for that we need to be blaming the devil for. The devil is who introduced sin into the world. And when the devil introduced sin into the world, it brought about death, it brought about pain, it brought about suffering, it, it brought about the things that bring tears to our eyes today in anguish and hurt because sin was introduced by the devil. And today I'm asking you to fall into hate. We talk about falling in love, I'm asking you to fall into hate. I want you to hate the devil. I want you to hate everything he represents. I want you to fall into hate over sin. I want you to hate sin. Is it okay to hate? Well, the Bible says Job was a, up, a perfect and upright man and he issued, issued. That word means to hate with all of your being. He hated sin. And until you hate sin, you will probably tolerate sin. Sin cannot be justified. Look here, I love David Coakley. But if David Coakley sins and I compare myself and say, well, David sins, so I'm not as bad as David, it, you can't justify sin. Because if I justify sin, I am regarding iniquity. And the Bible says if I regard iniquity, the love of Jesus isn't in me, but what happens is the effects of sin start affecting my mortal and spiritual being. Sin is dangerous. It is, sin is a separation from God. Do you understand? Sin is a separation from God. It separates a person that would be loved and caressed and cared for, it alienates, 
it brings chaos into people's lives. Now, I could stop and preach there a long time right now of the chaos that sin brings. Think about it. The problems that you're going through right now isn't because you're a bad person, it's because sin in this world is creating havoc and chaos in your life. Come on. What we're experiencing in America today, like I've said before, we have a sin problem going on in America. We have a sin problem going on in our world. People are embracing sin and think that if they just embrace it, that it won't be so bad. I must tell you, sin is going to be bad. It never turns out good. It never brings you up. It always tears you down. It never brings unity. It always brings division. It brings chaos in your mind. It brings chaos in your thought process. It brings chaos in your relationships. It's sin. Look here, I've, I've seen many, many times that uh, couples had marital problems and, and, and many, many times it's because there is a sin factor somewhere in the relationship and sin is a divider. Sin is a destroyer and, and we must realize that I know it's not a popular thing for preachers to preach about anymore. It used to be preached about all the time that we, we got to reject sin and, and the soul that sins will die and go to hell. But I must tell you today, I want you to knowledgeably understand and intelligently understand that sin is out to destroy you. Just because you become a Christian, does not mean that you are sheltered and never will experience the effects of sin. The Bible says what we sow, we will reap. I, I, I wish that scripture wasn't in there. I, I really do. I, I wish that that one would have been left out. I wish God would have had a shortcut around that. But he said, the soul, what you sow, you'll reap. You know that you're reaping some things that you sowed when you thought you were just being cool. When you just thought, hey, it was fun, let's party. You're experiencing that. Some sin will carry out its effect and you can be forgiven of it, but it still has an effect. I just, I just read this this week where a young girl from... Uh, USC, y'all probably remember the story where she, she was drinking and driving and, and, and she hit and killed a person. And, and she has a long sentence. I can't remember exact how much now, but a long sentence. She may have asked Christ to forgive her. She may be forgiven, but the effects of that sin has her locked up in a prison where she was once a happy-go-lucky, wonderful student at a college. Now the effects of sin has affected her life for the rest of her life. Well, preacher, thank you for encouraging us today. I want you to know that sin is universal. All right, I'm dressed up today in a black suit, red tie. I'm dressed up and cleaned up. 
You're dressed up and cleaned up. You look good. Turn to your neighbor and say, I look good. Come on, say it like you mean it. Now turn to that same neighbor and say, I was a sinner. That doesn't feel too good, does it? <laughs> but it's the truth. Every one of us, every one of us, sin doesn't come in white. Sin doesn't come in black. It doesn't come in red. Sin comes, listen, sin comes to everybody. And it has the same effect no matter what color your flesh is. No matter how big you are, how small you are, how educated you are, what your pedigree is. Sin says, I can bring you down. And if you'll allow me, I will. That's what sin wants to do. Sin wants to cause marriages to fail, children to hate parents and parents to hate children. Sin wants to get you in a dark alley shooting up something that you don't even know what the drug man. My Lord, help us today. Do you understand what sin is doing today? It is dragging people into hell. And sin is after you. It's after your family. Sin is universal and sin is deceptive. Sin has a way of looking beautiful. I've told this story before, but when I was in the 10th grade, I could call the teacher's name, but by chance she might be looking at our Facebook post program. I was a young guy, 10th grade, Hormones raging. I walked in my first day of my sophomore year and looked at this absolutely beautiful knockout woman. I was going, this is going to be a great school year. <laughs> this is how I get to start my day off every day coming in and looking at this goddess. One of the meanest women I've ever met in my life. That's how sin introduces itself. Sin will look so good. Sin will look so beautiful. Sin, when sin introduces itself, it makes you think that everything is good and it couldn't get better. But then when sin gets in, it starts doing what it does and it starts destroying and starts tearing down. And then you say, why did I ever get introduced to that sin? It's because sin is deceptive. Here's the thing that I want you to hear. Sin is able to deceive the, the doctor, the lawyer, the king, the president, the moron. Sin can get there. Sin don't care what you have plastered on your wall. Sin don't care how much money you have. Sin says, I can take what you have 
and destroy it. Or sin can say, I can take what you have and multiply it. Are y'all with me? Because sometimes we see sinners that seem to have everything a person could possibly want. And so sin sometimes says, I can keep them away from God if I just multiply. Some people can't worship God and have money. Hello? Because when they get money, things push them further away from God. It would have been nice for someone to win the lottery and pay tithes to this church. I told God, I said, God, I believe, I believe you can trust me as a pastor of Bethesda if someone pays tithes on that money. I believe you can trust me. Because folks would have seen church like they never saw church before. But that's just one of those dreams. But there's people that if they have a dollar, if they have enough money to get to the drug man, that's where they're going. There's some people, however, that if they've got money, they can shut their heart and become hard and not help. Preacher, it sounds like you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. I'm here today to tell you that sin works however sin has to work to deceive you and make you think it's okay. See, how sin may attack you may be different how sin attacks me, but sin, the devil, knows how to try to attack. He even tried that on Jesus. Sin attacks your thoughts, your actions, your behaviors. Sin brings death. Now listen to me. I want you to listen to what I'm getting ready to say very carefully because I don't want to be misquoted. Sin isn't cussing. Now I didn't say cussing isn't sin. I said sin isn't cussing. Sin isn't lying. Sin isn't cheating. Sin isn't adultery. Those are the byproducts of sin. You hear what I'm saying? We'll look at a person, they'll say something foul out of their mouth and oh, look at that. But that's a result of sin. That's not a result of a person being so bad. It's a result that sin has started eating away and, and they, they let it come out. The Bible says from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And so it's a result of sin down in there that filth comes out of their mouth. I, I've never heard someone say, I woke up one day and said, I want to commit adultery. I have counseled with people all of my ministry. I never had anyone tell me that. Most of the time people said, I, I started flirting, didn't, didn't mean for it to get to this, and it happened. Why? Because sin deceived. 
And so sin is able to deceive people into thinking that they can embezzle money and get away with it. Sin has a way of telling uh, the person they can cheat on their spouse and it is okay. Sin has a way of, of convincing a person that the lie is just a little lie or a little white lie and it never really will hurt anything. And I could go on and on with the deception of sin, but the reality is the deception will bring about death no matter what it's called. And so we're back to the text that says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. I want to give you a news bulletin. Everyone listen to me. The devil cannot make you sin. Let me say it again. The devil cannot make you sin. None of you, your, your mean old wife can't make you sin, men. Your ornery old husband can't make you sin. Come on. Your uncaring boss at the job can't make you sin. The person cutting you off in traffic can't make you sin. The Bible says we sin when we are drawn away of our own lust. In other words, when we knowledgeably and willfully say, I'm going to do it. You've heard the story of David and Bathsheba. David looked out and saw Bathsheba bathing. That was not the sin. I don't think David was in his room and going, wonder if any women are bathing at this time. What happened is he walked out there and he saw her. But the sin came after because he said, I am going to act on my lust and I'm going to have her. He had already committed the sin before he had the relationship with her. And then what did sin do? Sin danced gleefully in the life of David. Because now David brings this woman in and she conceives and now it is known to him that she's going to have a child and David says, I've got to cover sin, but sin can't be covered, not by our thoughts, nor by our intellect. Sin cannot be covered. And so David said, I'll have her husband killed and that way we'll have the third party out of it. He had sin brought forth death. And, and may I tell you that Sheba's husband was innocent, yet still sin caused him death. You and I are living in a world that we're bearing the blunt of sin that goes on around us. We may be just as pure as the driven snow, but Sin has its effect on our society and on our lives. David couldn't cover it. So I want to tell you the two things that sin can do. I'm about through. 
Number one, sin can send you to hell. I want to say that one more time because it's not preached enough in our world. Sin can send you to hell. I've heard people say, now, I don't believe that you ought to preach much about hell because you don't want to scare people into religion. Where is that written? Who made that rule? Look here, if I knew I could put up flames and, and, and have someone dressed up like a devil and, and have some really bring the lights down and, and do something that would scare you out of your wits and you'd come to the altar, it, it'd be on today. Yes, sir. And I'd have this place. Y'all think that a horror house was a, a, a rest home. I'd scare you. I want to tell you, I got scared. I heard a preacher say that if, if you don't repent, you're going to die and go to hell. And I went, I, I'm a sinner. I remember laying in bed, afraid to go to sleep because I knew I wasn't right. How dumb was that? Repent. That's all I had to do. But I laid there going, if I fall asleep, I might die and I might wake up in hell. I want to tell you, sin, number one goal, number one directive of sin is to get you into hell for eternity. That's what sin wants to do. Whatever sin has to do to get you there, it'll do it. But I've got good news. There's another thing that you must understand. This part isn't so good. The end part will be. Sin can send you to hell and sin can keep you from heaven. I believe there's a lot of good people that really want to go to heaven. They just want to go. Whether they're saved or not. I believe I could poll people, go out in the street and just poll people and say, which one would you prefer, going to hell or heaven? I believe most people would say, I, I think I'd choose heaven. Don't you think that'd be what most people would say? But there's something blocking good people from getting there. And it's sin. And there's gonna come a time that the Bible says, you and I are gonna give an account for everything we do. And if we haven't gotten sin out of our way, we don't go to heaven. And so the alternative is we go to hell. But something happens. I went to an altar as a sinner. I knelt down at the front bench and put my face in the corner of it. I didn't pray a really deep theological prayer. I prayed this as a child. God, I've been bad and I'm sorry. I didn't know much else to say. Right there at the corner of that bench, 
the blood of Jesus Christ touched my sin-blackened soul. Washed all my sins away. I got up from there a new creature. Sin had its grip on me and sin lost its grip with that simple prayer of faith. Sin could not stand up to the blood of Jesus Christ. It couldn't do it. One drop of blood removes every sin. And then I read after I grew in the Lord a little bit, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. I have the sneaking suspicion that a number of you who have been forgiven and have had your sins washed away, there's been an old lion devil that has been trying to bring up all your past and keep it in front of you and make you feel less than worthy, make you feel no good, make you feel unclean. I want you to quote that scripture back to the devil and tell him, there is therefore now no condemnation to me because I'm in Christ Jesus. I walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. The blood of Jesus Christ washes all my sins away would you stand with me and here's the deal here's the deal listen listen later on I read another thing where it said that God cast all my sins into the sea of forgetfulness never to be remembered against me again never no matter what I did, God said, I'm going to cast it away. Now, a lot of times we bring it back up to God, and I'm, I'm sure that God goes, I wish that they understood what the sea of forgetfulness is all about. Now, Brother David, come over here real quick. I'm not going to do this because this is a full-grown man. But David, if I lost my mind and went stupid, I mean like real stupid... And I took my hand and I slapped the fool out of you. I mean, I slapped the fool out of you. Bam! Okay. Do you think 10 years from now you would remember that? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we do not have the ability to forget just because we say we want to forget. So we don't understand that God can say, I'm going to take what you did wrong. I'm going to cast it away. And I'm never, ever going to hold that in front of you again. I, it's gone. It's done. It's finished. Whew, man, thank you. I, it's kind of like if you're a golfer, they have a thing called a mulligan where you've hit the ball into the woods and you say, I want a mulligan and you put another ball down there. Listen, if you played golf with me, I believe in mulligans. I believe in mulligans. But thanks be to God that God said, look, you repented 
and I'm going to take, you don't need a mulligan. I'm going to take your sin and I'm going to throw it as far away and never to be remembered against you again because now you are my child. So here it is. You don't have to come to God perfect. Some of you may be cussers. Some of you may be fornicators, adulterers, liars. Some of you may be cheaters. Some of you may be gossipers. Some of you may be so many things that you're a walking encyclopedia of sin. May I tell you, that's us if it wasn't for the grace of God. Maybe you're not getting it, and I want to end with this. Please listen. You don't have to come to Christ perfect. I don't know how I'm ever going to get out of this mess. That's not what you're coming to Christ for. You're coming for Christ, to Christ to get this right. And he said, cast all your care upon me for I care for you. There's a lot of people that the devil has convinced that until they can get their problems worked out, they can't go to church, they can't go to the altar until they get their problem worked out. If you could get your problem worked out, we don't need a savior. But thank God there's a savior. David, one more time, come up here. David's talked bad about me. David has gossiped. David has stabbed me in the back. David, are you sorry? Man, let's go to lunch. All right. You buying? Yes. There we go. That's how it works. That's how it works with God. Are you sorry? Are you sorry? Are you sorry? The devil, oh no, 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 no. You've got to do all kind of works. It's got to be difficult. Where God said, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's that simple. Then he's going to say, how about come to my house? In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Sin wants to keep you from heaven and sin wants to send you to hell. So I am speaking primarily to the sinner and then I'm ending with this for the third time. If you've asked Christ to forgive you of your sins, but yet still you're regarding iniquity in your life, that has to be repented of too.
Did you hear me? If you're regarding iniquity, what do you mean by that preacher? I'm talking about you're back to doing some of the things that you were delivered from. You need to get that back out of your life. And I just want to tell you, as a Christian, I've repented many, many, many times. Because there'd be days I would fall short. There would be days that I wasn't as Christ-like as I needed to be. There were days that my attitude and my, my actions weren't right. And I would find a place and I'd say, God, I didn't represent you very well today. I need you to get that junk out of my life. I've allowed it to reintroduce and I want it out. So today I'm not only talking to sinners, but I'm talking to Christians. Because the same sin that you allow to tag on is the same sin that will try to take you to hell and to block you from heaven. I'm going to ask every person to bow your head. Holy Spirit, sweet Spirit of God, Father, you declared that no one would come to you except the Spirit first draw him. So now I'm asking, Lord, I've presented the gospel, the good news that the blood of Jesus Christ forgives people of all their sins. And I'm asking now, dear God, that you would speak to people. Speak to people in a special way right now, I'm asking. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I was getting ready to do an individual call, and I feel compelled of God. I'm going to ask every individual, everybody, if you would, I want everyone to make a move to the altar. You might not be able to get all the way to the altar, but I want you to at least get out into the aisles. Would you come very quickly? Push in. Come as quickly as you can. Come as quickly as you can. Come. In Jesus' name, come. Come. Come on, push in. Get as close as you can. Come on. Push on in just as quickly. Come on, get in close. Get in close. Holy God. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you. This is why I feel compelled by the Lord to have had you do this. I believe we might could have had some people come in and walk down the aisle as sinners and say, I want to get right. But sometimes we, as Christians, don't want to confess to anyone that we've allowed things to get back in that ought not to be in our lives. And I didn't want the devil to have any opportunity to keep anyone away by foolish pride. So we all came together. And here's the deal. If you're a sinner, 
if you know that if you died, you would go to hell. You know you're not right. You didn't even have to have a preacher tell you that. You knew. I want you, when we pray, to say, God, I am sorry. I've been bad. Please forgive me. And if you'll believe that, Jesus Christ will forgive you of all of your sins. Second thing, if you're a Christian and you've allowed sin to get back in, now you know what I'm talking about. Come on. Your language isn't like it needs to be. Your prayer life isn't like it needs to be. Talk to your wife like dirt. Talk to your husband like dirt. Talk to your children like dirt. But you come to church, hallelujah, glory to God. And your household knows mama, daddy, sister, brother, and right. You're allowing things to hang in. You're watching things on TV that when you were in a close relationship with the Lord, you wouldn't. You've watched things on the internet that you know that you ought not to be looking. You feel dirty when you get through looking at it, but you do it anyway. Come on, that's sin. Come on. But today is the good news. God, I'm sorry. And I'm not going to let it hang in. I'm going to get clean from it. Because I'm not going to let sin send me to hell or block me from going to heaven. Father God, you have spoken plainly here today. Paul said in Romans, don't let sin reign in your mortal body. Dear God, I pray that if there's anyone in their heart, they know that they're not right with you. In their heart, they know that they're a sinner. In their heart, they know if they died, they would go to hell. Please, dear Heavenly Father, help them right now. Right now, help them to say, dear Jesus, please forgive me. I'm sorry. I've been bad. I've done wrong. Please forgive me. Help them to believe that you heard their prayer and forgave them of their sins. Father, for every individual in our church here, oh my Lord God, that has come in and maybe while I've been preaching or the Holy Spirit tugged on their heart, pointed out things that they know they need to get clear from right now. Dear Lord, would you help them to leave it at the altar and say, God, I'm sorry for letting that get tagged back on me. I'm sorry for letting those things be back in my life and I'm asking you to forgive me. Forgive me again. Clean that area of my life. Sanctify me, precious Heavenly Father. And now, dear God, we claim a liberty in Jesus Christ, that sin no longer reigns in our mortal body. Sin no longer reigns in our mortal body, but that we have life and that more abundantly through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.com. God bless.